0: WikiLeaks, the international nonprofit journalistic organization dedicated to exposing secret documents, has released a recent exchange of letters between murderous ISIS leader Abu Bakr al Baghdadi and blandly sinister Attorney General Loretta Lynch. As a public service, the Daily Wire now presents the contents of those letters. Dear blandly sinister Attorney General Lynch, I hope you are well and had a fabulous Fourth of July. I am writing to take responsibility for the recent terrorist attacks around the globe, including the Orlando mass murder of homosexuals, the bombings at Atatürk Airport in Istanbul, and the butchery of those in Bangladesh who could not recite verses from the Quran. These and other slaughters were carried out in the name of Allah for the purpose of establishing an eternal worldwide Islamic caliphate. Having a wonderful time, wish you were here. Sincerely, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. Dear Mr. al-Baghdadi, thank you for your letter. Regarding the murderous attacks on innocent civilians to which you refer, we here at the Justice Department have overseen thorough investigations into these events. We may never know the motives of those who perpetrated these acts, but we believe our most effective response to terror and hatred is compassion, unity, and love. Best to the family. Sincerely, Blandly Sinister Attorney General Loretta Lynch. Dear General Sinister, I was puzzled by your response to my recent letter in which you say you may never know the motives of those who perpetrated our latest acts of Quranic terror. Since I am the one who perpetrated them, and I have already told you I did so in the name of Allah as a means of establishing the eternal caliphate of Islam, I am not sure what part of my motive I have left unclear. Please explain. BTW, thank you for your compassion, unity, and love. I look forward to killing you and destroying your civilization. All the best, Abu. Dear Abu, thanks for your note. I am glad to hear you share our concern over gun violence. While cynical groups have tried to divert our attention and spread Islamophobia by focusing on a twisted version of Islam, we hope to push forward with measures to control the spread of guns in our country and thus reduce the number of these sorts of attacks in the future. I look forward to the days when America is truly a gun-free zone, yours in peace, Blandly Sinister Loretta. Dear Blandly, if I may, I confess I am now completely baffled, especially by all this talk of guns. If I may express myself rather bluntly, I don't need no lousy guns, bombs or even scimitars will do in a pinch. The point is the caliphate of Islam. Islam, Islam, Islam. Am I slurring my words? And what do you mean a twisted version of Islam? I have a PhD in Islamic studies and I'm pretty sure our kill you until you surrender agenda is taking us in the right direction. All that said, I do share your hopes for a gun-free America, yours in love, compassion, and unity, ABS. Dear ABS, I'm delighted to hear we are in agreement on the central issue here. I hope we can work together to rid America of guns, XOXO, Lolo. Dear Lolo, I too am very glad we have found a common ground on the issue of guns. Keep up the good work. See you all very soon. A. P.S. Love to Hillary. Glad that all worked out for you. Trigger warning, I'm Andrew Claven, and this is the Andrew Clavin Show. <laughs> little, little grim little grim news. <laughs> All right, we're back. Lindsay's back. Hooray! You you know, you may have noticed we were all a little down, and we lacked energy all week long. It wasn't because Hillary skated on the fact that she was selling, you know, uh, our documents overseas. No. It's because Lindsay wasn't here. So we're going to talk about, you know, what's going, the the aftermath a little bit more, but then we're going to get into, we're going to take time out from discussing how hot Lindsay is to discuss sexual harassment in the workplace and, and and its relationship to Islam, which we are going to come back to. You get 15 minutes of us live on Facebook. I hope you saw the little man, the little cartoon man running across the, you know, moving a lot faster than I'm capable of moving, certainly. Uh, And uh, after that 15 minutes, you can hear us at The Daily Wire and you could see us at The Daily Wire if, if you will only subscribe, if you will only let go of your grip on your cash and give us a little, just a little bit, just $8 a month after a month. You get a month free. And then we come and sort of just steal it out of your, uh, you know, uh, bank account as much as we as much as we feel we deserve uh, once a month. And then you get to be not only to watch us, but to be part of the mailbag, which means that Lindsay herself will actually be reading your mail and sending it on. Yeah. So All right. Let's talk about Let's wrap this up, this whole thing about. I mean, this is going to be going on forever, this email thing, because, of course, now we have to make political hay out of it. But. Attorney blandly sinister Attorney General Loretta Lynch has now made it official and said that she was not going to press charges against Hillary Clinton. This had absolutely nothing to do with her secret meeting with uh, Bill Clinton. Absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with that. They were just talking about the grandkids and the golf and the golf playing and the grandkids playing golf and the whole thing. So that that's now this is under you know this is gone and of course it has now become a political. Issue. So here's Donald Trump responding to the whole thing. Here's his his kickback on Hillary skating.
1: Because we're tired of incompetent people. We're tired of incompetent leadership and incompetent people. And Hillary Clinton, I said bad judgment. She's incompetent. OK, she's in com- the only good thing she's ever done is get out of trouble when anybody else would have been in jail by now. That's the only thing that I've ever seen her do. That was a great job. I got to give her credit. I got to give her credit. I got to give Bill Clinton credit for going to that plane and saying for 39 minutes he talked about his grandchildren and he talked about golf. There's no way you could do that. I told you, two minutes for the grandchildren, two minutes for golf. We got 35 or 36 minutes left. What are we going to Let's talk about Hillary. Up, and Hillary then talks about, I think I'd reappoint the attorney general. And you're waiting for a decision by the attorney general. And you're saying you're going to give her a job. You're not allowed to do that. That's bribery, folks. And then the attorney general comes out, as Newt said, but the attorney general comes out. And the attorney general says, no charges. That's bribery. Wouldn't you say? That's bribery. You're not supposed She said she's going to reappoint the attorney general. And the attorney general is waiting to make a determination as to whether or not she's guilty. And boy, was that a fast determination. Wow.
0: So that's the guy. The guy is funny to watch. I got to say, he is entertaining. Republicans, of course, are busy. You know, they're kind of probably overplay this, but they got to do it. You got to make political hay out of it. That's what it's there for. Basically, that's what Comey did. He said, "I'm not. There's no way." Listen. People were yelling – I was getting so much flack yesterday for saying that I thought Comey did what he thought he should do, that he did what he believed was the right thing. But I think it's ridiculous. I mean, we have have known that this guy has a great reputation, a reputation for integrity. Just because he didn't do what you want him to do doesn't suddenly make him a criminal. Just because people who disagree with you, that doesn't mean they don't don't have integrity. They didn't act as they should. He basically said exactly what he meant. If this were a little person, we could nail her – but because she's a big person, we can't. So let's not spend the money doing it. But now I'm going to tell you that she lied about everything. She mishandled the emails. You know, he did everything. He did everything you could want him to do except recommend indictment because he wasn't going to get the indictment. We all know he wasn't going to get the indictment. So he did the honest thing. And I'm sorry, we are not the people who agree with us all the time. are not the only people who act with integrity. So meanwhile, the, 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 Republicans are going to call him up before Congressional Committee and they're going to grill him. I hope they're a little careful with that because they they don't want to make him look like a martyr, you know, for doing what he thought was right. But, you know, they they do want to make political hay out of this as much as possible. And Paul Ryan, I thought Paul Ryan made the best point of all. Paul Ryan,
2: play Ryan. I think she clearly said things that were not true. And he basically that I think we need to know more, quite frankly. The other thing that concerns me is that she's just going to get away with this in the sense that she grossly was negligent. She Mm -hmm. mishandled classified information, and now she wants to be commander in chief. Here's the other thing. You know, when I was Mitt Romney's running mate, I got classified briefings every week by the CIA, by national intelligence, very sensitive information, which you get as a candidate once the convention occurs. Um, Mm. Comey said, short of prosecution, some kind of administration action should occur, um, bringing consequences. I think the the DNI, the director of national intelligence, should block her access to classified information, given how recklessly she handled this during the presidential campaign. If she well, becomes president, that's one thing, but I don't think she should get classified information, and I think the DNI should block it, given how recklessly she handled this from the start. Let's, let's- so, so that's, that's uh,
0: to me, the one interesting point that the Republicans have made. I mean, they're not gonna get anything on Comey, they're not gonna get an indictment. This thing is over, basically, But but it is now. Political fodder. She lied. Every word she says is a lie. You know, she was in. She's trying to just ignore this. I don't think that's going to work. You know, she was in Atlantic City yesterday, yelling about Trump's casinos and Trump. Play, play her, her bit. This is her her new attack.
3: Now ask yourself. According to the Donald, isn't he supposed to be some kind of amazing businessman? So it's fair to ask since he is applying for a job. What in the world happened here? Now, his excuse for all this failure is that Atlantic City just went downhill, that it's not his fault. But don't believe it. His businesses were failing long before the rest of the town was struggling. In fact, other businesses here did worse because Donald Trump acted so irresponsibly. He calls himself the king of debt. And he earned that title right here in AC. His bad decisions hurt the whole city. And here's what he did. He intentionally ran up huge amounts of debt on his companies, hundreds of millions of dollars. He borrowed at high interest rates, even after promising regulators that he wouldn't. What came next? He defaulted on those loans, didn't pay them back, and in the end, he bankrupted his companies not once, not twice, but four times.
0: The problem with this, by the way, and I'm not, uh, Trump's, Trump's business dealings are really suspect. You know, he really does apparently not pay people. Uh, you know, he gets sued all the time. He does use the, use the bankruptcy laws in ways that are um, <coughs> questionable. Let's let's say. He didn't bankrupt Atlantic City. The Democrats bankrupted Atlantic City. The Democrats plundered the casinos for their little, their friends, you know, they do what they always do. They say, oh, we need to divert these to important things. And then they gave it to businesses they liked. And then, and then when the states surrounding New Jersey legalized gambling, they went bust. It had nothing to do with Trump. I mean, Trump may not have been a, you know, a good casino runner, but that has nothing to do with it. So the Democrats really have to be, here's the problem, okay, here's the problem. Does Trump even give a rats? That's that's my question. Does Trump even care? Is he even running for president? Listen to this. This is from my friend uh, Fred Cole, who writes the excellent Ricochet newsletter. He says, we're roughly a month into the general election campaign and have numbers on how much the Clinton and Trump camps have spent on ads so far. In total, the Clinton people have spent $45 million on ads. Of that, $19 million was spent by the campaign, and another $26 million came from Priorities USA Action, a super PAC that supports her. The Trump side, they've spent 3 million, 45 to 3 million. Half of that 3 million came from the NRA, and roughly half came from Rebuilding America, now a Trump super PAC. The Trump campaign has spent zero, zero dollars on attacking ad- on ads against Hillary Clinton. Their money is going to themselves. Their money is going to pay their, you know, they're saying they're putting it into mileage. They're putting it into all these very suspect things into, um, uh, you know, uh, what do they call providers? You know, people who are supposedly giving them services who we don't even know who they are. And, and so they're, spent, they're basically making money on their own campaign, you know, while all these other guys are spending almost nothing. Does he care? I mean, it really is a question. And at the same time, the thing that is gathering some steam is this effort to dump him at the convention. This is from, uh, I think, the Wall Street Journal. Months after Donald Trump appeared to seal the Republican nomination for president, anti-Trump forces are making one last push to force a vote on the party's convention floor that would throw open the GOP contest again. It's a long shot, but by some counts, they are remarkably close to getting past the first hurdle next week in Cleveland. So they're going to try and dump him. Obviously, he's going to try and fight back. But I mean, the guy is just, you know, he's still talking about the ad that had a star in it, and whether it was a Jewish star, he's making long speeches about this, like as if as if it, the, as if the election were about him. You know, Dan H- Henniger had a uh, column today, in which he talked about the meaning of Donald Trump. He talked about the fact that Donald Trump is still within striking distance of Hillary Clinton, and. You know, I think it was Trevor Noah making the only funny joke I've ever heard him make where he said these, you know, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are are lucky because they're both running against the only person they could possibly defeat, (laughs) which is is a funny line but also true, you know. And the thing is, Henninger talks about the fact that this is not about Trump. It was never about Trump. It's about something else. And here's what he says. He says – This is a reckoning. A final settling of accounts and grievances going way back. This isn't about Republicans versus Democrats. It's the gunfight at the OK Corral between the Earps and the Clantons. It's a street fight about what have become irreconcilable views of America. Undeniably, economic anxiety over flatline incomes and the sense of economic loss, blamed variously on globalization or immigrants, explains a lot in this election, but not all of it. A Trump doesn't rise without stronger forces in play. Those forces which have been described as the revolt of the politically incorrect. PC, though, is just the symptom of a more virulent social disease. What has really angered so many more millions who now feel drawn into the Trump camp isn't just PC itself, but that its proponents show such relentless moral contempt and superiority toward everyone else. (coughs) We're dealing essentially with a revolt against the elites, these people who hate us, including Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, and they don't care about what we believe in, and they think what we believe in is wrong. Now, this is gonna take me... Oh yeah, I gotta say goodbye to Facebook, thank you. That was J.A. telling us that we have to say goodbye, come back to The Daily Wire and listen to the rest, and subscribe and watch the rest. This is gonna take me by a long roundabout way to what's happening at Fox News. At Fox News, Gretchen Carlson, I've met her several times, she was always very nice to me. Gretchen Carlson is filing a lawsuit saying that she was sexually harassed. She lost her job at Fox News, she was on Fox and Friends. She says her co-host Steve Ducci <coughs> was always touching her and making remarks. And and that Roger Ailes basically said to her, you know, you should have sex with me. You should we should have a sexual relationship and was always accusing her of pulling the woman card and complaining about all this. Now, this is a very disturbing story because just the idea of Roger Ailes having sex is enough to drive you insane. I mean, I, I, just thought, I, mean, I, I was kind of wondering, maybe she should have tried it just to see if he would turn into a handsome prince because he's... Okay. <laughs> I guess I'm not going to be applying for a job over yeah. at Fox. Okay, there's another another uh, uh, friend yeah. alienated by the Clavin camp. Uh, Ailes says this is all nonsense. He says her allegations are false. Uh, this is a retaliatory suit for the network's decision not to renew her contract, uh, and it is wholly without merit and will be defended vigorously. Twenty-first Century Fox um, says, you know, the Fox Company says they're going to look into it, but they stand behind Roger Ailes. Now, what bothers me about this is this is going to get a lot of press, and of course, the left is already making hay of it. It's it's a big story in the New York Times, and it's going to be a big story. Here's a story that about sexual harassment that hasn't gotten any play in the national news media. This is from Minnesota. I want to make sure I get the guy's name right. This is a reporter named Brett Hoffland from KSTP in Minnesota, the Twin Cities, about basically a mob attack on a, a woman homeowner in a suburb of Minneapolis, St. Paul.
4: Play KTSP. On any given day, you can see hundreds of people around Lake Calhoun. But after just moving to the neighborhood, this woman is keeping her identity hidden to protect herself from what happened on Monday. We couldn't get him out. We didn't know what to do. According to this Minneapolis police report, between 20 and 30 young men showed up in front of her house around 9.30 in the morning. AND THE COMMENTS TURNED TO THREATS. THEY WERE SCREAMING AT THE HOUSE THAT THEY WERE GOING TO KIDNAP ME AND WE'RE GOING TO RAPE YOU. IT WAS JUST a, A VERY TRAUMATIZING EXPERIENCE. THE REPORT INDICATES THAT THESE GUYS WERE DRIVING ONTO THE SIDEWALK AND ON THE LAWN, ALL WHILE SHOOTING OFF BOTTLE ROCKETS AND SCREAMING. IT'S A SCARY THOUGHT, ESPECIALLY FOR THOSE WHO HAVE YOUNG CHILDREN. MULTIPLE NEIGHBORS EVEN TOOK CELL PHONE VIDEO OF THE AFTERMATH. Here you can see police talking with some of the young men. The entire neighborhood is up in arms. But it wasn't just Monday. Neighbors tell me these visitors have stopped by the last three days. But on Monday, the alleged attacks were much more personal. Any second thoughts about moving to this neighborhood? No. If you let them scare you, then they win. It needs to get nipped in the box before it gets any worse. Now,
0: if you were just listening to that, you didn't hear anything, these are just young men. If you were watching it and you saw the police report, they were Somali young men, they were Muslim young men. Minnesota is one of the dumping grounds for these Somali Im- immigrants, and they are having a huge, huge problem with these young men being recruited by Al Shabaab, which is basically the Islamic Sharia thing in uh, East Africa. Okay, This is going on throughout Europe. I keep going back to this in Germany because I believe this is a patho- a sickness that's going through us. I mean, that woman spoke out, but nobody played that story. Even the guy who's reporting it, even the guy who's reporting it, it was a good report, but he didn't mention the word Somali, he didn't mention the word Islam, that's what it's about, it's about Islam, it's about Somali Muslims, okay? In Germany, a left-wing, a young left-wing pol- German politician has admitted that she lied to police about the racial background of three men who raped her, in case it triggered reprisals against refugees in her country. Celine Gorin, the national spokeswoman of the left-wing youth movement Solid, was attacked by three men in January in the city of Mannheim, where she works as a refugee activist. The 24-year-old was ambushed late at night in a playground where she said she was forced to perform a sex act on her attackers. In Germany, they're. Trying She didn't tell the police that they were speaking Arabic. She didn't tell the police that they were Muslim refugees. They're now trying to tighten the laws about this in Germany, and activists are complaining. Okay, This is from the Washington Post. Following mass sexual assaults in Cologne on New Year's Eve, and that's not just when they happen. They've been happening continually. The German parliament on Thursday voted in favor of a stricter sexual assault law that could also ease deportation rules for refugees convicted of sex related offenses, but some lawmakers and activists oppose linking the two issues, claiming it could further stigmatize refugees and others as German public opinion increasingly turns against them. Why do you you think it's turning against them? Why do you think it's turning against them? All right. So yesterday, Barack Obama announced that we're not pulling out of Afghanistan. And he gave — well,
5: play a little bit of this. While America's combat mission in Afghanistan may be over, our commitment to Afghanistan and its people endures. As commander in chief, I will not allow Afghanistan to be used as safe haven for terrorists to attack our nation again. I'm therefore announcing the following steps which I am convinced offer the best possibility for lasting progress in Afghanistan. First, I've decided to maintain our current posture of 9800 troops in Afghanistan through most of next year, 2016. Second, I've decided that instead of going down to a normal embassy presence in Kabul by the end of 2016. We will maintain 5,500 troops at a small number of bases, including at Bagram, Jalalabad in the east, and Kandahar in the south. Third, we will work with allies and partners to align the steps I'm announcing today with their own presence in Afghanistan after 2016. I want to speak directly to those whose lives are most directly affected by the decisions I'm announcing today. To the Afghan people who have suffered so much. Americans' commitment to you and to a secure, stable, and unified Afghanistan, that remains firm. And to our men and women in uniform, I know this means that some of you will rotate back into Afghanistan. I do not send you into harm's way lightly. It's the most solemn decision that I make. But as your Commander-in-Chief, I believe this mission is vital to our national security interests in preventing terrorist attacks against our citizens and our nation.
0: Now, I could do an entire show on the dishonesty contained in this, that speech and, and the two minutes before it, Uh, This is all based on Obama's ideological idea that somehow the war in Afghanistan was a good war and the war in Iraq was a bad war. He is basically saying – he's basically admitting, if you look at it, that he made a terrible mistake in abandoning Iraq and letting that er area go up in smoke. And now he's staying in Afghanistan. He's doing what he should have done in Iraq. He's doing it in Afghanistan. But let me tell you something. We're never going to win in Afghanistan. Afghanistan is not a country. It's just a bunch of tribes. The al-Qaeda doesn't go away. It just goes into the hills and waits for us to leave. They're just sitting around waiting for us to leave. They'll come back the minute we're gone. We have, ac- we have accomplished nothing there, and most of the people who have died, the Americans who have died there, have died on that guy's watch, on Obama's watch. But Bill O'Reilly went off on Obama for simply making the speech and not mentioning the word Islam. And let's, let's play O'Reilly because O'Reilly rarely does this, actually.
6: Yet the President of the United States does not define the terror issue clearly. Here's why. Barack Obama's father, who abandoned his family, was a Muslim who eventually turned atheist. Then his mother married another Muslim, moving young Barry to Indonesia, where he was exposed to the Islamic world, even though he did attend a Catholic school in first grade. According to his half-sister, Barack Obama attended his half-brother's wedding in the early 1990s. Malik Obama was a Muslim. The factor has obtained pictures, allegedly from that wedding, which we believe was held in Maryland. Details on the ceremony, the exact location, whether the reports that Barack Obama was the best man, are very difficult to verify at this point. What we can tell you with certainty is that Barack Obama has deep, Emotional ties to Islam so that's
0: he starts out by saying he starts out this talking points memo by saying that his deep emotional ties to Islam Islam have caused him to fail in fighting Islam okay now you know For O'Reilly, that's going pretty far. O'Reilly, is the last thing he is is a conspiracy guy. He really isn't. In fact, conservatives get really ticked off at him. He's not really a conservative. He's a populist, basically, and they get really ticked off at him because he doesn't come down on all these things. But that is going very far. But I think think this story goes so much deeper than Obama. I think Obama is a symptom of the disease that we're suffering from. There's a YouTube video. I didn't know this when I – put this video on the roster. This was made by our artist. Uh, yeah, Cynthia Angulo, who is, a one. she's so wonderful. She sits there quietly in that room. She never says a word, and every now and again, I'll look and say, well, how did the art here get so good? And they all, eh, Cynthia, so Cynthia sitting over there. She does such a great job. She did this video that has been put out by Counter Jihad.
4: So play just a minute of this. Terrorism seems to be everywhere, and it's getting worse. The bad guys have lots of names. ISIS, Al-Qaeda, Boko Haram. But they have one thing in common. They are all killing for a cause. Islamic law known as Sharia. Sharia is the implementation of medieval Islam. Sharia demands a holy war called jihad. The most widely available book of Islamic law in English says jihad means to war against non-Muslims. There are two kinds of jihad. Violent jihad is horribly simple. Slaughtering innocence and forcing submission. Violent jihadists want to conquer land for their caliphate. Essentially, an Islamic state where Sharia law is supreme. But there is another kind of jihad. In their explanatory memorandum, the Muslim Brotherhood calls this Civilization Jihad, saying the Muslim Brotherhood must understand that their work in America is a kind of Grand Jihad in eliminating and destroying the Western civilization from within and sabotaging its miserable house by their hands and the hands of the believers.
0: Well, I gotta say, if you're still clutching your lousy eight bucks and haven't subscribed and you couldn't watch that, uh, the art is spectacular. Cynthia did a a fantastic job on it. Now, let me just compare that. Now, oh, the thing I wanted to mention about that was when they put it up on YouTube, YouTube took it down. They they say, Counter Jihad said YouTube took it down calling it hate speech. Uh, And it's but it's now back up. It is now on YouTube and you can see it there. Meanwhile, in Iowa, here's Joy Pullman writing the Federalist. Iowa churches and church run daycares must let males and females pee, dress and shower next to each other. And pastors and Christians could be brought before extrajudicial tribunals if they directly or indirectly make persons of any particular gender identity feel unwelcome according to new regulations from Iowa's Civil Rights Commission, which is an unelected body that just sort of comes down. So they're, they're having lawsuits over this in Iowa. Essentially, they're telling the churches that they can't preach. They're saying basically they can't preach against homosexuality or transgender or, or preach whatever it is that they, they believe in. So my point is simply this. What we are seeing is an elite who, have, who are suffering from revulsion at their own society. They are revolted by us. They are revolted by our beliefs. They are revolted by our practices. They're revolted, most importantly, by our God. Okay? I've said this again and again, and I, you know, that everything we are, everything we believe in, everything we do comes from Christianity. Whether you believe in it or not, whether you believe in it or not, if you study the history of the West, it is the history of people struggling with Christian ideas—they have been modified. Christian ideas have been modified. I know Christians like to say they haven't, but they have been. They've been modified according to science as we learn more. They should be. <clears throat> they should, of course, be modified as we learn more facts and know more things. That—that that has nothing to do with it. The idea is the—the the fact is that these central ideas that come from Jesus Christ are the ideas that inform everything we do. We—if we are going to reestablish if we're going to fight back against these elites and this revulsion against who we are it ain't going to be through Donald Trump Donald Trump's going to be gone he's he's probably going to lose whether he loses or wins it's not going to get you what you want it is not going to get you what you want Hillary Clinton is the she is an enemy to everything we believe and Trump who knows what he is he's a loose cannon you know but it's going to start with you it's going to start with you it's going to start in your community it's going to start in your church it's going to start It's going to start in your town, and when it starts, we now know that they're going to come after you, okay? So while – you know, next time you're romanticizing the guys who landed on Normandy Beach, next time you're romanticizing our military, you remember, it's not about the military. It's about you. It's about you fighting for the things that we believe, fighting with lawyers, fighting with your presence, fighting by your stance. It's not against – hating Muslim persons. It's not against hating homosexual persons. It's not against hating anybody. It's simply about standing up for the things that are the basis of our society, the religion that made us who we are, and you are going to have to do it. And for those of you conservatives, and I know a lot of you guys are conservatives who don't believe, you want to examine your beliefs, see where they come from. Really follow the logic of them back to the ground, because... Without you, we're gonna lose. If, if you think, if you have this weird idea that God is now out of date because of science, that's just an idea you've been sold. It has nothing to do with reality. I know a lot of, you know, I'm a, a, an amateur, you know, I'm not a scientist, but I follow science, I read science, I love science. There's nothing in science that has disproved God. Rather, I would say, the other way around. And you really ought to think about where you stand and what you stand for, because your beliefs did not come out of nowhere. All right, I like to end the week with music for stuff I like. I couldn't resist this. This is one of the funniest things I have seen. Uh, it, it is a bass player, Iggy Jackson Cohen, who decided, you know, how Trump is always uh, harping on China and what China is doing, how China is, and he always says it this way. So Iggy Jackson Cohen put a bass Let's underlay to it, and here he is accompanying uh, Donald Trump's China rants with on the bass.
7: Say China. China, 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 You go over to China, 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 China. I love them. China, 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 China. I have to have my China, 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 because China, 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 China. China, 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 China. You know, China. I know China very well. China, 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 China. Northwest Wisconsin, where I'm from. It's China to me. China, 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 China. You want to buy from China? That's great. Buy from China. Buy toys from China. China in particular. China, China. I have people that I know in China. China, China, China. China, 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 China. I've been saying China, 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 China
0: you wonder why I love the arts. It's because the entire world can go to hell and some guy's going to make music out of it. Yeah. All right. That was Iggy Jackson Cohen on the bass with Trump's China. All right. The chaos continues. It's a Clavenless weekend. Good God. You almost let the whole thing fall apart last weekend. Try to keep it together. We'll be back here on Monday. Please be there with us. I'm Andrew Claven. This is The Andrew Claven Show.